0: Welcome to Early Childhood Policy Matters, a podcast for early childhood professionals and strategic partners hoping to use research to inform policy and better serve children, families, and their communities. Today, we look at early childhood mental health and how to get started with early childhood mental health consultation host Neil Horan sits down with state leaders overseeing two of the nation's largest systems of early childhood mental health care. Later, we'll hear his interview with New York State's Evelyn Blank. But we begin with Jennifer Miller, Project Director with the Center for Prevention and Early Intervention at WestEd. Let's listen in.
1: Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Can you talk a bit overall, what's the approach around early childhood mental health that California's taken?
2: So as you're probably familiar, there's a really long-standing history and set of expertise in California. And based on that, there really is an opportunity now to build and renew momentum around infant family and early childhood mental health through the Preschool Development Grant, or PDG, Because the PDG is designed to engage the multiple systems supporting young children birth to five and their families, there's really nice alignment with many of the fundamental principles of infant, family, and early childhood mental health in that it's an interdisciplinary system of services and supports provided by cross-sector professionals with a specialized set of competencies to deliver services across the continuum of promotion, preventive intervention, and treatment. We have efforts underway to scale evidence-based and emerging practices and resources supporting the healthy social and emotional development of children birth to five and their families and the professional development of the transdisciplinary mental health providers and mental health specialists in the field providing services and supports to them. Specifically in our early learning and care system, California is committed to redesigning and rebuilding including several coordinated state level efforts to increase the field's capacity to support young children's mental health. Early learning and care program administrators, teachers, family child care providers really need greater access to resources, training, and technical assistance in equity and bias, reflective practice, and infant family and early childhood mental health, including an understanding of adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. Trauma screening and trauma informed care.
1: Wow. So <laughs> I'm going to unpack a little bit. Where did you start? It's been a bit of a journey for you, I assume. How did the state really start thinking about this?
2: It really has been a journey. And, you know, initially, you know, decades ago, professionals addressing the physical and medical needs of infants recognized the essential need to address the whole child, particularly an infant's emotional needs. Research findings began revealing the really critical, important nature of those first years of life and the profound effects of early parent and infant relationships on the development of resiliency, health outcomes, self-regulation, and its influences on attachment. And as that body of research grew, leaders in the field of infant family and early childhood mental health realized that all professionals who deliver services to infants and toddlers and young children, not just mental health professionals, need special expertise to be able to view and support the whole child in the context of these critical early relationships. So a series of successive efforts began to identify what are the specific knowledge and skills one needs to deliver effective services to infants, toddlers, and their families? And that expertise being developed through strong, high-quality professional development and support for reflective practice. So building on that, what we did first was in the 90s, 1990s, cross-agency efforts of leadership in California convened to develop a manual of training guidelines and personnel competencies that identified the skills and knowledge providers need in order to provide effective infant, family, and early childhood mental health services. Following that, an endorsement process was created that established a standard of excellence for use by professionals to document their expertise, for use by employers to help with determining hiring practices, and for consumers to help guide decision-making about providers. Since and and frankly, during that time, over the course of, of those decades, there's been several innovative initiatives to promote infant, family, and early childhood mental health across counties in the state, including SAMHSA System of Care Projects, Project Launch, and Help Me Grow. And specifically, the California Department of Education has also funded and built up programs over time to support early learning and care program administrators, staff and providers. Such as our California Inclusion and Behavior Consultation or CIBC network.
1: You make it sound so simple, Jennifer, right? Like that's 30 years of work to get to where you're at. How do you go about making some of the programming decisions around early childhood mental health? Like where to sort of put your efforts?
2: A couple of examples for us here in California we have the Center for Infant Family and Early Childhood Mental Health, which continues to provide endorsement. For infant, family, and early childhood professionals, based on that manual and set of guidelines that I was just speaking of a few minutes ago, we also have a statewide screening collaborative, which is an interagency and multidisciplinary group formed to enhance the capacity in the state to promote and deliver effective well-coordinated health developmental and early mental health screenings in California. And then our governor-appointed state interagency coordinating council on early intervention, which supports the full participation and coordination of appropriate public agencies across the statewide system of early intervention and serves as a forum for public input from parents and service providers and others about the federal, state, and local policies that support the timely delivery of appropriate early intervention services. But it remains an ongoing challenge for us to continue to coordinate and integrate those state and local systems, and the agencies that are all really critical for and necessary for ongoing sustainability. And large-scale initiatives such as the PDG can really be a vehicle to help leverage that and support the cross-sector and system issues.
1: As I think about what you just said, Jennifer, one particular part of your system that that comes to mind that really requires lots of collaboration, the cross-system partnership, the policy piece funding is mental health consultation and certainly an area that a lot of folks across the country are interested in. As a state, has there been sort of a comprehensive approach to mental health consultation?
2: Well, I, I want to acknowledge the deep and longstanding expertise that we're fortunate to have out of the University of California, San Francisco and and the child care mental health consultation program there. So this actually remains one of our goals is to really continue to build the infrastructure and sustainable funding for the provision of infant, family, and early childhood mental health consultation across the broad array of providers and agencies. So thinking about infant, family, and early childhood mental health consultation through the lens of pediatricians and the healthcare system, through early learning and care, across home visiting programs and child welfare agencies. Specifically within the early learning and care system, the California Department of Education has funded the California Inclusion and Behavior Consultation, or CIBC, network over the course of about 10 years through Child Care Development Block Grant, or CCDBG funding, and it's a part of our Child Care Development CCDF state plan, and is a a statewide network providing early childhood mental health consultation to center-based and family child care programs across the state so that they are able to receive support around challenges they're experiencing with children's behavior around developmental concerns engaging with families and you know oftentimes we find in that um, programmatic and classroom focused consultation that support for supporting teaming and communication and partnership amongst staff and the recognition of the impact of those relationships on classroom climate, on teacher-child interactions, on the experience of what it feels like to be learning and being cared for in that classroom on a day-to-day basis.
1: As the outsider, I can hear from a state perspective how interconnected things are and how much thought's been put into this. So I wonder if there are other sort of areas that you're all looking to as maybe next steps, other things you'd like to do in addition to what you just described.
2: Yeah, so we're interested in continuing to focus on the integration of systems and services, and a specific example of that right now is through our Department of Healthcare Services. There are efforts underway focused on access to behavioral health services, which led to the creation of California Advancing Innovation on Medi-Cal or CalAIM workgroups, and their efforts are looking at changing the restrictions in eligibility for mental health services for children under Medicaid and a reduction in the complexity of access and attention to the workforce supports needed that we've talked about already to improve the access to mental health services. So that's just an example of the engagement around our health systems around early mental health. We're also looking at building coordinated services across agencies and the really critical piece around data and integrated data systems. So planning is underway for considerations around, again, kind of a a state system for coordinated data efforts. So as we're so fortunate to have the ACEs Aware Initiative in California and attention and focus on the critical need for that early detection and trauma screening and developmental and behavioral health screening, really ensuring that we have capacity within our state system for the personnel who are appropriately trained and qualified and supported than to be able to deliver the services that may get identified through those early screening processes.
1: So as I've listened, I'm, of course, excited, I'm encouraged, I'm amazed, and yet I think to myself, you know, you keep talking about the workforce and we're talking about California, it's massive. And maybe somebody listening is, like, actually not excited, they're actually intimidated. What guidance would you give another state or territory or the district about where they might want to start on all this?
2: Well, what we have found is that leadership is really key. So engaging your champions from the beginning to support the implementation of your efforts and sustain them through shared responsibility in terms of funding and investments Those champions are really important who bring the passion and the expertise and the will, frankly, to move this forward. We have also found that stakeholder buy-in is really critical. So along with those leaders, really from the beginning, engaging each service system and the power behind that co-creation in design and implementation of what the infant family early childhood mental health system of services could look like. Lastly, funding is really critical, and so is the work of, like I said, rolling up our sleeves together to take a look at aligning services, leveraging and being really strategic about initiatives to achieve that comprehensive and coordinated state and local system capacity for delivering infant, family, and early childhood mental health services by qualified personnel with the requisite specialized competencies.
1: Well, I'm super thankful that you rolled up your sleeves today and helped us out. I think that it's been really instructive. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Next, we're happy to welcome Evelyn Blank. Evelyn is the Associate Executive Director of the New York Center for Child Development, Executive Vice President of the New York Center for Infants and Toddlers, and Director of the New York City Early Childhood Mental Health Training and Technical Assistance Center. Well, Evelyn, thanks so much for joining us today and and super excited to talk a bit about the work that you've been a part of in New York State.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: So I think we're going to start broad, and I know obviously we'll talk a bit about some of the more focused work in New York City, but I know you've been a part of some really exciting work in New York State, And, and maybe can you start with the big broad piece, which is the overall approach that New York State has taken to addressing early childhood mental health?
3: I think New York State really tries to promote a cross-system approach, and I think we do that by bringing together public and private partnerships and really including stakeholders across early childhood systems. So I think that what we try to do is make sure that where there are early childhood conversations, that there are infant and early childhood mental health professionals at the table And if I had to categorize it, I would say that we see mental health as not the responsibility of any one system, but really of all systems that touch the lives of young children. And we really see that there's an important continuum from prevention to promotion to intervention.
1: In your description, you sort of already lay out something that may be different in New York State than it is in other places in the sense that it's not just mental health's responsibility. So who are some of the other folks who are sitting around the table with you working on this?
3: Well, we've been very fortunate. I want to start by saying that the New York State Office of Mental Health has been a strong support and real advocate in terms of helping to move the agenda along and also to partner with other state agencies. The New York State Council on Children and Families as Means of Background is comprised of 11 state agency commissioners and directors, and their purpose is to coordinate the efforts of state agencies providing services to children and families and also to develop policy recommendations. And when the preschool development birth to five renewal grant came up, they applied for it and were awarded it. So I think that they've been a major player also in really convening um, early childhood providers across the system.
1: Maybe some history would be helpful here in terms of the context. Is that something that has been around for 20 years? Is that something that came out of a particular grant initiative? How did this work? I know you may not have been there at the exact conception point, but how did this work get started? How did the state get started thinking about all of this?
3: I think one of the first steps was to examine the system-wide needs and really to try and raise awareness to address some of the unmet needs. There was an advisory group that did a white paper in 2004 to alert policymakers to the need for government to play a more active role in promoting early childhood mental health in New York State and also to strongly urge policymakers to consider a series of recommended changes in government policy. And following that white paper, there was a series of meetings with people within the government to really kind of advocate for what we felt needed to happen to really address the needs of infants and toddlers.
1: So this has sort of stayed steady, maybe even grown, I might put out there, over time, despite changes in sort of the political nature of what's happening at a state level.
3: I think that there's been a really steady progression around really identifying and understanding the importance of early childhood mental health. One of the main catalysts was the Children's Mental Health Act of 2006 that required the New York State outline short and long-term recommendations, but not only for treatment, but also for prevention and early intervention. And building on some of the advocacy efforts and some of the kind of public education, what was really significant about the actual plan that came out was that it was inclusive of children birth to five in a system that primarily had focused previously on the treatment of school-aged children. And I just want to say that it was a major step forward. It was really chaired by the New York State Office of Mental Health and was also followed by a strong unified commitment to strengthen you know, social-emotional development of young children in an initiative called Achieving the Promise, which was $62 million for a single-year investment. One of the things that for me was so exciting is that if you go to the actual plan, there's a picture of a toddler on the cover of it. And it was the first time that they had really focused on younger children. And it also brought together key stakeholders in different agencies throughout the state, so the Office of Mental Health as well as the state education department. And again, this was just a paradigm shift with really focusing more on prevention, early identification, and intervention versus treatment at a later stage with poorer outcomes.
1: Are there sort of things right now in terms of decisions that get made? How does the state make decisions about where to put the investments, what to focus on? How do those decisions get made?
3: Well, you know, I think what is real credit to New York State is that part of the strategy is really bringing together cross-system providers. And one example is the Early Childhood Advisory Council, which is a gubernatorial appointed committee. And that committee is comprised of people across child-serving agencies, but also inclusive of infant early childhood mental health specialists and mental health professionals. There are also two great initiatives in 2018 that the state embarked on, and One of them was an early childhood blue ribbon committee, and that was through the Board of Regents, who oversees education policy. And they came up with 18 recommendations for implementation. And there was also a major initiative, the first 1,000 Days on Medicaid, that developed 10 recommendations for implementation. So I think that part of the way decisions are made is to really bring in cross-sector experts who can really help inform the discussion. And I think that our focus has been to ensure that the social, emotional, and the mental health needs of children are addressed.
1: Can you talk a little bit about some of the work that's been happening within the city that sort of came out of all of this great systems development work?
3: Well, there's been a very exciting initiative that was funded. It's Thrive New York City, which came out of the mayor's office in partnership with the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. And what it is funded is seven licensed outpatient mental health clinics that are located within the five boroughs in New York City. And just as kind of historical context, clinics have traditionally not focused on the birth to five population. And one of the real incentives and initiatives in terms of really starting to develop a policy was that young children were getting identified who were in significant need of services, and yet there were no providers who were really trained and knew how to work with them. And what these seven licensed clinics provide are clinical mental health services, as well as early childhood mental health consultation. They also funded a New York City Early Childhood Mental Health Training and Technical Assistance Center known as TTAC, and that's engaged national experts and provided training to over 7,000 early childhood professionals. And that's a partnership between my agency, New York Center for Child Development, and NYU McSilver Institute on Poverty Policy and Practice. And it brings together the clinical expertise with a focus on business sustainability. And I just want to say that TTEC has brought in national experts, including Neil Horn and others, who have really provided training and technical assistance to professionals across early childhood systems. And I want to say that during COVID, we've also pivoted to a remote platform and that there are a lot of archived webinars right now on the T Tech NY website that are really accessible and available.
1: Evelyn, I I never thought I would say this, and I grew up in New York that You know, New York City is almost like a micro example of the coordination and collaboration that you've described at the state level. I know one of the newer efforts, relatively newer, is the Preschool Development Grant. How has that impacted some of the work that's been happening in New York?
3: Well, I think it's just really set the stage to really kind of move the needle significantly forward. I think that it's created opportunities to build partnerships to increase workforce competency, to improve quality, and also ensure the ease of access and coordination across child-serving systems. There are many initiatives through it, and just to highlight some of them, there's training around infant mental health basics, DC 0-5, to which is actually a great new initiative that New York State is currently advocating to make the recommended diagnostic tool, and offering reflective supervision. They also, uh, New York State has purchased the Michigan endorsement, and the New York State Association of Infant Mental Health, which was formed in 2015, is supporting professionals across the state to become endorsed and to have a unified set of standards and competencies. So I think that there's been a lot of efforts, and I think that it has really kind of brought together cross systems initiatives. We're expanding the pyramid model, which is in New York. We're also providing resource outreach to new parents across the state and also, you know, implementation of several new two-generational and trauma-informed approaches.
1: I mean, it really does seem like it's almost a a sort of a textbook on this is a long process. I mean, you started with a description of something that happened in 2004, and I know that that's not the original, like, hey, we want to address this, but that was one of the pivot points. That's a 16-year journey. Where are you going? What else needs to happen or would you like to see happen? What are some of the next steps?
3: Well, I think what we really need to do is to build capacity on every level within the system. And uh, I think what we need to do is have trained professionals who are aware of the kind of social-emotional impact and some of the trauma and other issues impacting on young children. I think that the Thrive New York City initiative that we described is one example of how to really build capacity. But I think that all of these other things through the PD grant and whatever really are supporting building a qualified, competent, professional workforce that can really address the needs of young children and their families.
1: So anything that you'd sort of say that might help a state or territory or the district that's like, well, we're just starting to focus on this. Where were you guys were in 2004? What should we do? Where should we go? What sort of a guidance you might give them?
3: Well, I think for starters, it really needs to begin with a basic education around the critical importance of early childhood and also the return on investment, which I think is a very powerful argument. And that coupled with some of the brain research has really kind of stressed the importance of why it's important to interview early I think that part of what's really important is engaging key stakeholders across systems really to get their buy-in and also to recognize the critical importance of early childhood mental health um, and identifying some key champions in the state. I think there are some people that have really helped us in terms of moving the needle forward and really helping to kind of ensure that early childhood mental health is recognized. I think that strategies need to be child-centered. I think that family engagement is really important. And I think that it's really important just to kind of be at the table where decisions are being made.
1: I so appreciate all your time today and wisdom. And as you've said several times, it's a journey and a long journey that if folks stick with, you do see some of these results. You know, your description, I think, is going to be instrumental for folks to understand the kinds of, of, of steps along the way to look for. So thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thank you, Neil.
0: Thanks for listening to Early Childhood Policy Matters, produced by the National Technical Assistance Center for Preschool Development Grants Birth Through Five, funded by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families Office of Child Care. Find more episodes by going to childcareta.acf.hs.gov and searching for Early Childhood Policy Matters. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app or on SoundCloud at EC Policy Matters.